Welcome to RinkWise, New England Hockey Journal's podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Today's discussion will feature our very own Evan Miranovsky, editor of New England Hockey Journal, to discuss an in-depth analysis of the top five things to watch in men's college hockey throughout New England. Evan, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. It's fun talking college hockey with you. It is fun and exciting to talk hockey and uh, especially college hockey in this area because it's just so good and it's so exciting. And right off the bat, we have BU men's hockey on our list to start with. And of course, this year we know they have a brand new coaching staff in place with Jay Pandolfo, the new head coach and two new assistant coaches as well. Yeah, no, it's it's an exciting time for BU, I think. They moved on from Albie O'Connell last year. I think one thing, and Jay Pandolfo talked about this in Mark Diver, did a great story on BU for the, uh, for the website, and Pandolfo talked about, you know, BU doesn't normally get a lot of seniors. Usually the, the kids going to BU are really, really good, doing one to two years, and then heading to the NHL. That is not the case. They have 10 seniors. 10, which is extremely rare for a BU team. They have Drew Camesso in net, who is who's on the Olympic team last year for the U.S. He's someone that is going to be competing for the top spot of best goalie in hockey East. He'll compete with someone else who we'll get to later in the episode. But they have all the, they have the ingredients. They have three of the six freshmen coming in are, are draft picks. Lane Hudson on D is terrific, second-round pick out of it for Montreal. They weren't terrible last year. They won 13 of their final 16. They won the bean pot. Wasn't bad. But I think they expect more. And BU has a very high standard, as we all know. And Jay Pandolfo, I think, is the guy. Long NHL career. Played at BU prior to that. Assistant with the Bruins for a bit. Then an assistant with, with BU. Kind of probably saw what was not working with those BU teams the past couple years. And as I said, he's got he's got all the ingredients there. Now they got to win. And so them kind of riding the ship, I think, is probably, in my eyes, the number one local New England college hockey storyline on the men's side. Well, it sounds like so far a really great recipe for success for sure. As you mentioned, 10 seniors, three of six draft picks of their incoming freshmen. So they've obviously got a really thick veteran group returning to a team that's coming off of success to also go, be going into that season again with that momentum in a very veteran group is a huge key benefit, I think, to any successful program. And that probably helps morale, as you see on your teams. Like, when you have those seniors who can kind of be there to guide those younger players, but then those younger players, at least in this case, are really talented. And I think for you probably notice on your teams, that's got, that's got to be a kind of your dream, where you're like, oh my god, obviously I'm going to coach the, these players, but they have seniors to look up to. They have good seniors to look up to. You probably see that on your teams a lot. It's so beneficial. It really is. And there's a saying that I actually use with our players a lot that the only way to get experience is from experience. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have seniors like that, and it's it's just so important, I think, to help really set the tone of your program. So if you have incoming new players or even younger players, just it's so important that they have really strong leadership to look up to in their teammates. And in fact, I would take it a step further. I think that in terms of your, your seniority on the team, that's almost an adjunct of your coaching staff. Because I know when I assign captains for, for our teams, those captains are really kind of in a way part of the coaching staff because they're instilling our core values and team philosophies at all times, like even when the coaches aren't present. So I think that's just such a valuable component to any successful hockey team. And I think for Pandolfo, it's huge, especially for a new coach, where you kind of have those 
guys in place. And also, he's been an assistant, so he knows the culture. And I think BU, ultimately, and we'll get to BC in a bit here, both of those teams, as well as any college team, you're looking for a coach that ideally is there for a long time and that kind of establishes themselves. I mean, obviously, like Jerry York, Jack Parker, and UMass got Greg Carville, UConn's got Mike Cavanaugh. Those, those schools are looking for those guys to be that same thing. But I think BU, Jay Pandolfo is a guy I could easily see being at BU for a long time. And, and so I think that's the thing where, as I said, everything's there in place. Now you just got to win. And it's not easy. It, the, the Hockey East landscape, as well as the college hockey landscape in general, is not easy. And it's very hard. And I think it's a lot of expectations come with BU. I think this is not going to be like a, a very easy thing. But as I said, the ingredients are there. So I do expect BU to be, I think they were ranked second in the coaches poll. I would expect them to be around that for the entire season. Well, at 19, 13, and 3 last year, and as you mentioned, winning 13 of their last 16 regular season games in last year's season, we'll be really looking forward to see if they can continue that momentum and that success leading into this year with a new staff in place. It should be interesting to watch, that's for sure. So just moving right down the street. So, of course, in men's hockey, we have BC on our list, who's also undergoing a new staff with Greg Brown as the new head coach, taking over for, of course, the legend Jerry York. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's it's funny how both teams needed a new coach in the same offseason. And both teams, I mean, BC was terrific for the last couple of years, while BU really wasn't. But last year, BC really struggled. 15, 18, and 5, really didn't make a lot of noise, didn't do much in the bean pot, like, it lost a fair amount of players. But I do think there's reason for optimism. I don't think it's at the level that BU is at. They don't have all of those seniors in place. They lo- They did lose a lot of players. However, there's reason for optimism. You got a new head coach, Craig Brown, high expectations. BC is still BC. They're getting top players. The recruit list down the line of kids in 04, 05, 06 is very, very good. The incoming class under Greg Brown, Cutter Gauthier, fifth overall pick by the Flyers in this past draft. So good power forward. Jeff Cox actually has a great piece on, I don't want to give away too much because people want people to go read it, but he has a good piece on kind of the hall, all Hockey East preseason rookie team. And he is on that list. Gauthier is on that list. So an impact player, it's it's sometimes a bit rare to see freshmen kind of pop off, so to speak, in their first years because Hockey East, college hockey has older players. But, you know, fifth overall pick, good power forward. He's going to be an impact guy. Charlie Letty, fourth round pick by the Devils. Oscar Jelvik, fifth round pick by the Bruins. Like, there, there are... Good young players coming in. It just comes down to... And they also had trouble in net last year, I would guess. Graduate transfer, Mitch Benson from Colgate will probably be the starter. I think it's a good stopgap to try to find the next long-term goalie. Obviously, they kind of had they've had trouble finding that next guy since Spencer Knight. Again, my expectations for them are they'll be a middle-of-the-pack team. But I, I still think you're BC. You have to, there's always that expectation that you're going to be good. So I don't think that this year is going to be, as I said, going to be this huge, great year for them. But I do think it's kind of the first year for Greg Brown to sort of figure out what the identity of this team is going to be going forward. That's a great point. Yeah, always finding your identity. And I think that that always comes with there's a new new leader in charge. Yeah. Jerry Jerry York has been there for a very long time. And as we mentioned, just a legendary coach. And for the first time in a long time, there's going to be a new captain 
running that ship over there. And nothing ever happens overnight. And mm-hmm. I think to your point, a lot of a lot of great detailed analysis of the team. They're they're not as veteran as BU. However, they do have some talented incoming freshmen on deck coming in. They're gonna have most likely a transfer goalie coming in who will probably take over the starting position. So again, just different, but it's 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 gonna be really important for that new coach to kind of set the tone and make his mark running that program exactly how he wants. But of course, nothing happens overnight. It just, it takes a little bit of time as well. And it's funny because like, as, as I said, they both, BU and BC obviously get lumped in together for, for very obvious reasons, but they both have new coaches, very different situations, very different situations. And I think that's going to be the thing. I, I, I think throughout the year, people are probably going to compare Greg Brown versus Jay Pandolfo throughout the year. I don't think that's a fair comparison, just given that, BU is a very different situation because BU, I mean, BU has prospects to get to the nat- to get into the national tournament and be potential national championship team. And as I said, the recipe is there. BC, it's more down the line. But again, with a new head coach, once that culture gets instilled, and, and Greg Brown even talked about this at Hockey's Media Day, there's really no reason to change that culture. Jerry York did a pretty good job, I would say, of instilling a pretty successful culture in his very long time there. So I think it's a good situation to go in for Brown where it's not – there's a little bit of rebuilding to do, but it's not that deep because things were very good under Jerry York. It was really just one rough year. It, it's not an institutional problem with them. And it's also worth noting, too, the last two to three years has been difficult, and it's been also impacted by COVID. Yeah. So, as we said in the in the last show, now this is the first year kind of starting normal, and knock on wood, you know, that it'll continue throughout the season. But classic rivalry between those two programs, which is just so awesome to see in sports, and I'm sure we'll see many of great battles between BC and BU and uh, between those two new head coaches as well. Yeah, absolutely. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Listen, everyone. I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health. 
It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to bando-performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code BANDO30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's bando-performance.com with the code BANDO30OFF and see your performance improve immediately. Next on our list is, of course, right down the street at Harvard Men's Hockey, which is also a program that's been significantly on the rise since uh, the COVID time. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, speaking of teams, by the way, that have been impacted by COVID, Harvard got really impacted by it. Again, they lost. Matty Beniers was supposed to go there left for Michigan after the Ivy Leagues kind of shut things down. Harvard was a team I thought last year going in was going to be atop the ECAC. They basically were. They finished third. They won the ECAC championship over uh, Quinnipiac. But I expect them to be even better this year. They're returning four of, their, of last year's top five point getters. Matt Coronado, Henry Thrune, Alex Laderriere, and uh, junior forward Sean Farrell. That's a very good core to have, and and Coronado's one that I think we're going to get to later in the show. Led Harvard in points last year as a freshman. They have the ingredients to make it work, similar to BU. ECAC is going to be tough. Quinnipiac is, is a very, very good team. They were terrific last year. I thought Quinnipiac would go all the way to the Frozen Four. They almost did. Harvard does an interesting case, because Harvard, because they won the ECAC championship, did get to go to the national tournament. And they almost beat Minnesota State. They were very close. It was very close to beating Minnesota State. They didn't, obviously. But I do think that they are... I mean, they've always, Harvard's always been a good program. They've been great. But they're starting to get into that next gear where they have these great recruiting classes. You also look at the returning guys are really, really good. And that's a team, again, that I look at. And Pencil In is a team that should be potentially a top 10 team in the nation like I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility obviously there's a zillion good teams around the country so it's hard to sit here and say they have to be a top 10 team but I look at that group I look at Ted Donato the head coach who's great and that the program and I think that's a team that at some point this year I would not be surprised if they're in the top 10 maybe they don't finish top 10 but it would not be surprised me if they're ranked at some point in those top 10 teams Well, it sounds like they certainly have the potential for that recipe to take place. And I think one of the things that's going to be really important for them is consistency. You know, I think with teams, like once they kind of get going in their season and once they kind of get the momentum and really kind of get things going the way they want, it's it has been harmful last two seasons or so that there has been so many disruptions. So I think in their case, just having that consistency throughout the season is going to do nothing but help them because they certainly have a lot of the pieces in place. They have the coaching, they have the horses, they have a good mixture of veterans and newcomers. So certainly a a key team to watch this year with a potential top 10. Yeah, and it's also fun because, again, they'll obviously they're in the bean pot. And so that's going to be a really good test for them come come when that happens because with BU, BC, Northeastern, BU and Northeastern project to be also teams who should be in the running for top 10. So that's... I think that's going to be a big measuring stick for Harvard during the season. But again, I just, I look at them and I say, that's a good team. They should be good. And I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. (laughs) And so hopefully for their sake, that that reason doesn't rear its ugly head. Well, and speaking of good teams, next on our list is Quinnipiac men's hockey, who is really thought to have one of the best defensive structures in the country with 
the best defense. So let's start with them. Yeah, so my point here, Quinnipiac was was great last year. Defensively, they were outstanding. And I think what that led to was Yaniv Peretz in net. Freshman, he was unreal. A lot of that, though, obviously did have to do with the defensive structure around him. But he did, I mean, he led college hockey in goals against average last year at a stunning 1.17. Second in save percentage, 939. That was all as a freshman. A lot of that came from the defensive structure, but... I mean, again, he was terrific down the stretch for them. So I think in the Northeast, because we're, we're lumping every team together, I think the three top goalies are Drew Camesso, Devin Levi, and Yanni Peretz. I think everyone's focusing on Levi, and, and rightfully so. But Peretz is a guy who could easily be the guy who's the best goalie in the region. Because he, I mean, again, he was only a freshman last year. He was putting up those numbers. So with those three goalies kind of battling it out for who's the best, I get why Peretz might get a little forgotten because he's not, I don't want to say over at Quinnipiac, but he's not in Hockey East, not right in Boston. But as I said, tremendous last year and everything points to him being just as good this year, maybe probably even better. Certainly incredible numbers to put up in, especially as a freshman. Like that's, that's, oftentimes kind of rare, to be honest, that a freshman having that kind of a role and putting up those kind of numbers. So it'll be really interesting to see how that stacks up this year when the season starts up, which is scheduled to start this coming weekend with games. Which should be great, and that's that's the fun part of, of this whole thing. And, and again, Quinnipiac's another really cool... I, I, I mentioned this in the women's section when I was talking about Vermont, and Quinnipiac isn't quote-unquote out there in the region as Vermont, but it's always great to see those programs that are outside the Boston realm do so well and they're one and they've been great for a while that's not like a new thing but they're they have a real program there and when you have a guy like Peretz in the back end can't really complain about that so yeah I mean again I leave with, with those with Devin Levi and, and Peretz like it's a good battle all season to watch but again I they won't be in the same conference but both Equally great goaltenders, that's for sure. Quinnipiac, definitely a program up and coming to really keep an eye on. In fact, I'd say they, I'd argue they've probably gotten better each year with the both the men and the women. Very competitive programs, and they've really just done a great job of instilling what I would call probably a winning culture with both those programs. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we can't have a men's preview hockey discussion without including UMass. Can't and do it. No, have to do it. <laughs> of course, at UMass, we have the dynamic duo of Scott Moreau and Ryan Ufko on defense. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Scott Morrow and, and Ufko, those are guys who, both entering sophomore years, I love watching defensemen go from being really good as freshmen to taking that huge jump as sophomores. And that's something that's been on full display at UMass. Helma Carr, obviously, but Mark Delgaizo and Zach Jones. So those two are kind of the next up on that. And they actually, the last time UMass had two dynamic defensemen were obviously Cal McCarr and Mario Ferraro as sophomores. But Moro was second among freshman D last year with 33 points. And Ufko was 31 points. He was third. So, again, not everything is based on just points. I asked Scott Morrow at Hockey's Media Day, like, what's the next step here? You get a lot of points, but and it's kind of shoring up his own zone play. Because he's someone, I think Morrow is a guy who, and we'll get to this later, has a little bit higher of a ceiling. Morrow was a second-round pick by the Hurricanes in the 2021 draft. Ufko was fourth round by the Predators in the same draft as well. So both are terrific. Morrow's the guy I think people have their eye on for potential Hobie aspirations, which we'll talk about later. But again, 
UMass front has had some turnover the past couple years. Last year, Morrow and Ufko were centerpieces of their offense, which is interesting as defensemen for them to have those two guys to be able to do that. And I think it's going to be the same thing this year. I think they're going to be expected to do a little bit more offensively. And again, UMass is always in the hunt. Like, and that's what's funny is like they obviously used to not be, and now under Greg Carvel, that's all they've done. So that's going to be kind of be their thing this year. And they're they they're ranked third, I think, in the coaches' poll. You know, very close to being second. Again, I think the top of Hockey East is going to be Northeastern, BU, and UMass. Those are kind of, that's that tier up there. And guys like Morrow and Ufko are going to be essential to keeping UMass up there. Just incredible numbers, again, for young players to be putting up. And I think it speaks a lot to the future of these programs as well, potentially. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. And and, and I think what helps these programs a lot, especially, I mean, UMass is obvious. And again, I sound biased because I went there. So, like, obviously, I'm going to tout UMass. Like, you're going to tout Northeastern. But, you know, you look at, like, the, the NHL success of the players. Zach Jones is starting to break in with the Rangers. Obviously, Kale McCarr and Mario Ferraro. Kale is potentially the best defenseman in the NHL with the Avalanche, and Mario Ferraro is a very established defenseman with the San Jose Sharks. Morrow's a guy who I could easily see leaving after this year. I don't want to speculate, but could leave after this year and jump right into the pro game, whether that be the AHL or the NHL. And, and Ufco maybe does another year. Again, it's completely speculation. That's not reporting. That's speculation. But both of those guys, I think, the more they have success, the more it puts a program like UMass on the map. It's the same everywhere. You want guys who are going to put your team on the map, and those two guys definitely do that. Indeed, and as you as you heard from Evan, you heard it here first. It's speculation, <laughs> not reporting. But someone's going to tweet it out. Evan Marinovsky's yeah. reporting this. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Same with my Bruins yeah. podcast. When I do that, I'll I'll say something. People will be like, oh, are you saying this for real? I'm like, no, it's speculation. Speculation. Speculation nation. That's right. And of course, UMass also part of Frozen Fenway this year, which mm-hmm. we're so excited to see yes. back on the map and back with fans and uh, scheduled to play Boston College on the men's side as well as Northeastern men and UConn. It's exciting, and I'm really excited for this. And we said it on the women's side, just having hockey back outside at Fenway, amazing. Interesting matchups. UMass Boston College will be really fun. Again, you have a team from outside of, of the Boston realm that has been outstanding the past couple of years going against a powerhouse like BC. And then on the other side, Northeastern and UConn. UConn was our cover feature for the September-October edition of the magazine. You should absolutely go check that out and read it. It's a great story. Awesome cover. And UConn is one of those other teams I mentioned, like we mentioned on the girls' side with Vermont. They are very much a team that is on the rise. They went on a run last year to the Hockey East play to the Hockey East final. They lost to UMass, but again, that's a team that is moving up quickly. And there's a lot of big plans in place for them. And to go up against a team like Northeastern, that's a good measuring stick. Northeastern's probably going to be the number one team in Hockey East. At least they open the season like that. And again, both those games are on January seventh. It's fun. I mean, if you're, I, I just to me. Any hockey outside is great, and these are two really fun, exciting matchups. Good hockey. I, I, to me, that's an easy like s- sit down at Fenway at one thirty and don't get up until about like nine o'clock at night because you get those two straight games. Like that, sh- that seems very easy to me. They got the they got all the food there as long as it's not too cold, which is January seventh. So you can imagine it's probably going to be freezing. But you bundle up. That's that's an easy doubleheader to go to. That seems fun. Oh, it is, and I think we have this slated as one of the most intriguing men's matchups of the season with UMass and BC. And how cool is it to be at a place like Fenway with such a rich history in Boston and we have sort of the old college powerhouse versus the new college powerhouse. Yeah, essentially I think what Greg Brown would love to do is what Greg Carvel's done at UMass. And I think, you know, Carve's kind of 
the model now for a lot of these schools kind of to build. But I, I think, and, and BC already kind of has a culture in place, I mentioned earlier, but they are that such an interesting matchup, as you said, old college hockey powerhouse, new college hockey powerhouse. And I'm always intrigued when UMass plays like a BU or a Northeastern or BC, and now we get to watch it at Fenway, which is which is awesome. And again, I'm also excited for, for Northeastern to have fans show up. Obviously, it's in Boston, but UConn fans, playing at Fenway, like that's an easy thing to go to, and I'm excited to see kind of the, the fan turnout from both, from both sides there at the 2.30 game. And of course, that's slated to take place January 7th, and uh, you should be sure to get your tickets now. You might be able to hang with our own Evan all day. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that would, lucky, lucky them. Lucky them. <laughs> We'll be there from one to nine p.m. That day. Yeah, we'll be we'll be setting up we'll be setting up shop. Maybe I'll bring my I'll, I'll pitch a tent. And finally, Hobie Baker. So mm-hmm. uh, we discussed some Patty Kazmaier candidates on the girl side, and of course with Hobie Baker, uh, equivalent to the most valuable player in men's college hockey. What are our thoughts on some potential candidates there? Yeah, the obvious one's Devin Levy with Northeastern. Like to me, that's number one. I think he's the favorite. I think he's nationally one of the favorites. One of three, I would say. Drew Camesso, I would not sleep on him. Scott Morrow with UMass and Matt Coronado with Harvard. I think those are the three that are very much in the hunt. They'll be nominated by their teams, I would imagine. Potential top ten candidates, which would be great. But to me, Levy is the one that I look at and say, all right, like that's that's probably the favorite of the region because you have Luke Hughes with Michigan who's terrific but Levy I think is the one that a lot of people have circled now there was a Hobie Baker winner last year who was a goalie so not that it matters but you wonder if that impacts it at all where voters might say hey we kind of don't want a goalie this year again but if he's good enough which is probably the case he could easily be someone that gets real Hobie Baker Hobie Baker press Agreed. And uh, I think that's a great list. And absolutely to your point, I think at the end of the day, hopefully they get it right. And regardless of a position, they just give it to the best person for the job or that deserves it. Yeah. Last New England Hobie Baker winner was Kale McCarr, UMass, in 2019. So, I mean, clearly New England has a good track record with Hobie Baker awards. I don't think that's a secret. Same with the Patty Kazmaier. So, yeah, no, I mean, as I said, Levy's the one that I look at and say, all right, that's the, that's the, the favorite. But again, as I said, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me, Camesso, Moro, Coronado. The reason I don't say Peretz with Quinnipiac, and it's I think it's him, it's that he's a sophomore, but also the defense around him is so good that I think his numbers will be terrific. And but it almost kind of works against him in the sense like it's, he's not really quote unquote carrying his team. He easily could, like he easily could do that. But I put Levy just kind of above him in the Hobie Baker conversation. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, with a, a deep run, if the team makes that, as you as you get kind of closer and closer to that finish line the competition gets a lot tougher and better to watch I tell you you need a you need a great goalie in that if you're gonna go all the way oh i yes absolutely and as i said fun to watch and all these storylines i mean hockey east ecac the atlantic atlantic hockey like it's all good this year and i think that's what's really fun is when the, the competition's high it's just a better product and also to watch it at fenway for a day can't beat that Well, hopefully our audience is just as excited as us to watch all this great hockey that we have in store for this coming season. And Evan, we can't thank you enough for joining us today and giving such insightful knowledge into your hockey previews. I try my best. Hopefully the, the, the people think it's good enough. We'll see what they say. First of many. Very entertaining today. And that does it for this edition of RinkWise. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NE Hockey Journal and subscribe online at NewEnglandHockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. RinkWise is a Siemens Media Production.